the Jam Jar Jill podcast. I'm Jill of jamjarjill.com and I have lots of different hats as many of us do these days. So I am a podcaster, I am a eco-influencer and I also as part of that whole eco-natural lifestyle I love talking to people in the holistic space as well and that's what we're doing today, really, as I carry on my quest to talk to interesting people about natural health. And that's through my podcast, which is the Jam Jarjil podcast, which you can find on all platforms, which you listen to podcasts on, Apple, iPlayer and Spotify. And we publish a video version on YouTube as well. So today I am talking with Tanya Noble of Oxfordshire Wellness, who is a Shiatsu practitioner. So it's something which I currently know a fairly small amount about, but I met the lovely Tanya on a wellness retreat, which I went to. I've actually been to two of them. They run them once a month, which is in collaboration with people who Tanya met through networking and swell, which includes a spiritual healer, which was my last guest, which was Laura, and also a Kundalini yoga teacher as well, who I hope to interview at some point in the future. And that's Daisy. And then Tanya adds into the beautiful picture of that, the Shiat massage. So we're going to talk about that today, but let's just start by finding out a bit about Tanya. So if you could just start by telling me who you are, where you come from, uh, sure. and start there. Thanks so much, Jill. It's such an honour to be on your podcast. Thank you so much for asking me. And so I'm Tanya Noble, as you said. I come from Sussex. That's where I grew up, although I was born in South Africa. And... Um, I now currently live near Oxford and Vista. I'm in between the two and nice. just north of Vista actually. And I have been here about eight years. Before here, I was down in Cranley near, near Guildford in Surrey. And yeah, I went to school in Hazelmere, which is in Surrey. And I went to university at Edinburgh University, which was amazing. Right, <laughs> away, away though. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I've never been to Edinburgh, even though I'm half Scottish, but I, I really need to do a lot more investigating in Scotland. So, um, amazing. yeah, definitely. They say in good weather, you can't beat it. So, right. So could you tell us a bit about sort of family life and, and who do you live with? <laughs> so I'm married to Charles and I have two we have two amazing teenagers, William, who's 15, and Sophie, who's 13. And I have been a very dedicated mum for 15 years and done the shiatsu massage on the side, as it were. But it's just such a brilliant business for that because I can be master of my own diary and to decide when I work, yeah. which is brilliant. And I just find it deeply rewarding, actually. I It's sort of my mission to help other people to feel healthier happier and more fulfilled in their lives so my my aim with shiatsu and my other businesses that I do is very much focused on all of that that's fabulous okay so let's start with the very basics what is shiatsu <laughs> so in a nutshell the easiest way to describe it is it's acupuncture without the needles okay so the same energy lines that it's all based on which have been proven using electromagnetic impulses these are the pathways around the body that trans transfer the energy. And these pathways, there are 12 of them called meridians, and they get blocked by stress and trauma and injury and 
overthinking and all sorts. And uh, the idea of shiatsu is to unblock those blockages and get everything flowing properly. And more recently, over the last 10 years, I've got into a branch of shiatsu called Shintai Shiatsu, which very much focuses on bringing back motion to the body and activating your inner life force and particularly focused on the spine and realigning the vertebrae and using subtle techniques that stem from cranial osteopathy and kinesiology and places really amazing therapies like that. So they're really, really subtle where you can just press one point and it just completely unlocks the spine and gets it all to flow properly. So very That's cool. amazing. Yeah, really cool. Lots of ologies in that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention it's on a futon on the floor as well, which makes it a bit different. And the oh, person okay. is fully clothed. Um, okay. It works through the clothing. And the idea is what shiatsu actually means. It's a Japanese word that means finger pressure. Okay. So next question, which I have is how did you personally get into shiatsu? So it was very much because I was not in a great place myself right. and I needed healing because right. in my twenties, I was working as the fundraiser for the London Philharmonic Orchestra and mm. had a huge crazy target to raise. I was only really young and had very little experience. And so it was a big, big job. And I had to work all hours of the day, mm. either in the office or at concerts, uh, meeting and greeting sponsors and corporate members and that sort of thing. And before doing that job, I used to get quite nervous and shy about social situations. So it was a big leap into out of my comfort zone and into the unknown, but it was brilliant. I did love it, but it was full on. And I was living in London and basically my body did not, it was not happy. With the no. And it basically started talking to me and I had really bad e eczema that just got worse and worse and worse. So I tried lots of different therapies and treatments and I went to the doctor and I went to all these specialists and nothing worked. It was just getting worse and worse. And finally found acupuncture and shiatsu mm. at pretty much the same time. There was a lady in my office actually who used to give us all a treatment, a shiatsu massage once a month. Um, Loved it so much. And that and acupuncture together actually were just like the perfect mix. Mm. And this acupuncturist was phenomenal and she gave me the prod that I needed as well to learn shiatsu because she was like, I think you'd be great at this. And yeah. I'd always really enjoyed giving massages before that anyway at school and things. Yeah. So yeah, I just kind of launched in and it was a three-year course, but it was one weekend a month in London. So, and how, how did that work timeline-wise with having children? So this was three years before I had kids. Okay. Um, that I actually qualified. So, okay six years before I had kids that I started on the journey. Interesting. So yeah. you did sort of come to it not as just a reason to no. sort of get into something freelance. You were already into it prior. So that, you know, I had I had the thought in my mind, even though I hadn't met my husband at this point, I knew that if and when I had kids, it would be really handy to have a practical skill, skill that I could fall back on because I could always just use my hands wherever I go. And um, yeah, it did that did occur to me. And then, and then I guess as well, the great thing about shiatsu versus like maybe a more traditional massage is there's far less equipment involved, would there be? And you could potentially go yeah. into office places and do it and that sort of side of things rather than having to have a dedicated space and a dedicated, you know, yeah. couch and that side. Yeah, 
towards the beginning of my career in shiatsu I was a bit more movable I would go to people's offices and I would mm. go to people's houses and I could just move around wherever but now I'm I sort of people come to me now <laughs> it's quite yeah. nice. <laughs> but and do you well. use one of those chairs which you see people use I mean I've seen them in like markets and stuff where like yeah. you kind of sit in it's actually yeah. see when you get that yeah yeah we, I used to have a lady who came in office which I was so gutted when this office shut down because it was a business I loved to work for and it was called AXA ICAS. So it fell under, they'd been bought out by AXA, who is a health insurance provider, but they were an EAP program. If Have you heard of that? No. So EAP is Employee Assistance Program, and it was a concept which was founded in America in the 1920s to kind of prevent addiction and alcoholism and tardiness, etc. at work by providing people with wellness and support systems and everything like that. So basically they didn't get so stressed that they fell into all that. And the concept was taken up by this local GP who was just getting loads of people in with work-related stress. And he was like, well, I'm going to bring the concept to the UK. So he started ICAS and I just had two wonderful years working for this company, which it just blew my mind because to me, it's absolutely what the corporate world needs as an antidote. And it's, it's kind of providing life support services and and, and sort of almost like, I mean, they weren't allowed to, for legal reasons, call it advice, but it was a bit like sort of citizen's advice, that kind of thing. But it was all free and through work. And there was a helpline for day-to-day -day stuff, like how to pay bills, how to, you know, do all the stuff which you try and do with your life on top of your day job, you know. But then there was also telephone counselling, face-to-face counselling, different like therapies and stuff like that. And then the other side of the business was like a emergency assistance so whilst I was there 7-7 seven, seven happened and so there were people who were sent all our therapists were sent into London to be there actually at the scene and be like dealing with people therapy like that as well okay. so it was such an amazing company to work for and I was kind of gutted that it was kind of bought out by a big medical insurance thing because the joy of the original concept was that it wasn't paid for by the employee it was paid for by the employer as a way to keep their staff in the office, in their jobs, through yeah. caring for them. And, and I feel like they did it, or like this company, I mean, inevitably, the reason why what happened happened was because it probably wasn't making enough money, the business model it was. Unfortunately, the concept has now been brought on by all private medical people and any office places I've been working in I feel like you go to like this wellness training and it ends up being such a tick box exercise so I feel like it's been massively diluted but yeah I, it was it was it's a concept which I wish would kind of breed more because I think this is it it's about this preventative care and I do feel like again you know, we're so blessed, so lucky to have the NHS in this country. You know, there's so many wonderful things that comes out of that. But I think oftentimes my number one criticism of it is the lack of preventative care. Because they're always firefighting, they end up just being really good at dealing with emergency situations or if you like anyone I know, including myself, who's ever experienced being with a paramedic 
you know, they're the most incredible people on earth. They're amazing, you know, and equally so when you have very big diseases and things like that, they're brilliant. But in terms of the day-to-day preventative care yeah. and the holistic health, there's just so, so much further to go. So yeah. much further to go. required, um, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Can't remember why I went off on that tangent now. Sorry. Yeah, having uh, massages in the office. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> that is one office I worked in where they actually, yeah, they brought in a lady who did do massage and they discounted it. So the the company paid and then we paid like a fiver for a 15 minute massage. And it was just amazing. And it was just once a month, but it just made it affordable to everyone. Yeah, um, and and she was amazing and you always came back to your desk feeling amazing and I think something like that is just so simple but you know you wish that was just the norm but yeah we're a long way from that being the norm unfortunately yeah I think in Vietnam and places like that I think it's more normal and I was going to ask actually like where it comes from like does it come from Japan or China or like, it's based on very ancient knowledge from China, but it's actually mm-hmm. Japanese shiatsu. Okay. It was uh, created by an amazing guy called Masanaga, who was Jap- Japanese, but he had lots of knowledge of other therapies as well. So it's kind yeah. of a mixture. Yeah. The thing is, it, it just ends up being down this sort of incentive comes down to whether the person running the show is open-minded to it or has come across it in their own lives. So I think that's the thing which... It's so oftentimes the case, you know, my personal experience at the moment around, you know, having children in first school. And again, you know, there are schools who are doing things like yoga in schools, doing meditation and mindfulness in schools. And I'm actually really hopeful because we've got a new head starting in the summer. And um, he actually was a head, then a consultant, and now he's a head again. But whilst he was being a consultant, he branded himself as the wellness guy. Oh, amazing. Um, so I'm really, really hopeful that he might bring some of that into the school. But it's very much luck of the draw. Yeah. Of, hey, you know, you've got a head teacher who is into that stuff. Whereas it's just... It's amazing to me. The book, which I'm sorry, slight tangent again, but it doesn't make sense. And um, the book I'm listening to this month is Jay Shetty's Think Like a Monk. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I love him. He's just so mellow and but so wise. And but there's this point where he sort of references when he first sort of joins the ashram in India. And the ashram is also, you know, got a local school and all the local school children go there and everything. And he's walking around and everything. And there's these really young children who are being like taught by a pretty young monk as well. Like the monk's only about 15 or something. And he was like listening in on the lesson. And then he was like, oh, so what, what's going on here kind of thing? And he's like, oh, yeah, this is their first day in school. And, the, and he was like, oh, and what are you learning? And like, what are you teaching them? And he's like, we're teaching them how to breathe. And it was just like wow and he's like yeah the first day at school in the UK you're going to be learning like the alphabet or you know something like that and it just blew my mind that thing that actually if your first week or day of school you were taught how to breathe properly and 
that was part of the agenda all the way through wouldn't that be incredible and wouldn't that serve you in your life so much more (laughs) I heard an amazing podcast about how to breathe properly the other day and I wish I'd heard it when I was a child yeah absolutely mind-blowing I think you know there's so much which we're just learning these things and it is a really exciting time for want of a better way to be alive in that sense is that I do think and to be in business and to be like I love connecting with holistic people it's why I started this podcast you know I just think there's so much good stuff out there and it all interconnects and interweaves as well as you know from like your collaboration that you can relate so much to yoga teachers and to spiritual healers and to meditators and it all links together and then yeah it is literally holistic health the whole thing mental physical and that's what it should be you know not just one entity we're like well actually we are one entity we just need to look at the whole thing and how it all connects you know rather than just going oh you know you hurt your back and that's completely unrelated to everything else you know yeah, I just love the concept that you look at it in a holistic way and see yeah. how everything connects. It's like that old song, you something's connected to you. <laughs> you know, it really is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we yeah. do learn some things as a kid. <laughs> we just forget yeah. them all. <laughs> I think that's why I love Shiatsu so much. It is fully holistic in its approach. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the recommendations that I will make after a treatment are to do with other things that are not necessarily massage things like nutrition and Mm. their general lifestyle because as part of our training we learn generally you know what's good for certain energetic imbalances Mm -hmm. um, so we can make all sorts of recommendations good yeah that's so interesting Okay, so we've kind of covered how you got into Shiatsu. And yeah, could you go a bit more into like what various different training you've done? Sure. So the three-year course I did was with a school called Kikai Shiatsu School, mm-hmm. which is based in Finsbury Park in London. And that was amazing. And one of the teachers actually learned from Masanaga. So it was incredible to learn secondhand from the guru. Um, yeah. And... So that was three years. And then during that course, I did a few other kind of satellite courses, one on pregnancy massage with an amazing lady and one with another person who was focusing on the sort of extraordinary vessels, which it's hard to describe, but they're kind of key kind of fundamental core meridians in the body. But then I've more recently in the last 10 years been learning from two amazing teachers in the UK, one called Liz Arundel, who's based in Scotland, one called Kindy Core, who's based in Nottingham. And they have learned from Saul Goodman, who's an American, who's pioneered this Shintai Shiatsu branch of Shiatsu, which is more craniosacral in its approach and more about activating that inner life force and just realigning the core meridians again, something called the central channel, which is sort of the first energetic imprint that we create as, a, as it were as a fetus so yeah really really interesting really it's good. interesting as well when you get these uh, traditions I don't know how old shiatsu is I imagine several thousand years maybe I don't well, know acupuncture is acupuncture yeah is. Um, but actually shiatsu is only 
it's only been around for about 100 years okay um, but it's yeah it's gathering momentum yeah but it, I, I find it really interesting how these concepts which start in the east and then they move to the west and then what the west then does with them and that's really interesting as well I mean from the yoga perspective that's really interesting and in that for example, you know, yoga was passed down from man to man to man in, in the East. And whereas in the West, it's quite female dominated overall. And then, you know, I've opened my mind in recent times to doing women specific yoga and yoga, which is around cycles and really focuses on how a woman's body is different from a man's body. And, and that kind of is blossoming more and more in the west because women are into it and it's fascinating that whole thing as well so yeah definitely so your energy centers how do they relate to the chakra system are they pretty much in the same places or you know there are overlaps definitely and there's overlaps with reflexology as well i think you know the energy lines very much connect to the organs in the body and the organs are related to the chakras in a certain way but some shiatsu therapists including kindikore in nottingham very much work with chakras and with the shiatsu knowledge so they kind of complement each other nice and i, I do reiki actually as well I forgot to mention oh that. i love reiki <laughs> which i qualified in uh, when was that about 10 years ago so i kind of bring that into my shiatsu massage i don't actively promote it as a therapy i do on its own yeah um, just because I feel like I need to do a few more courses in it to sure. really to really do that but also just because I love shiatsu so much I kind of focus on that and I want to do that one yeah. properly but I do love Reiki it's fascinating it's amazing and does that use the same energy centers or chakras yeah mm. yeah okay it's so yeah. fascinating yeah yeah, so I'm, I'm sort of taking from you that like shiatsu is a lot about energies and feeling like different energies and how that relates to yeah. the organs and blockages and that sort of side. So yeah, and, so when, and you work, when you work down these energy lines, I mean, if you if you get your arm out now, and should I take work, my sleeve off? Or? No. So if you aim for this point at the front of your elbow, sorry, the shoulder. And okay. work your way down to the outside edge of the elbow. There's there's a bit of a sore line. You can go far more up on the top edge of your arm, mm -hmm. and you're working your way down to when your arm is bent, mm -hmm. that elbow crease where that finishes at the top. I'll show you more specifically. So you're getting here, and then work your thumb down that line, and it should be quite painful. Yeah. Your way down, you can almost feel a groove. Can you feel that groove? Yeah. So that is an energy line. And you're basically looking for the quality of the energy in that energy line when you're a practitioner. Mm. And you can feel when it, it there's that groove is interrupted or okay. if it's a little bit raised and inflamed. And that's basically what you're looking for, those sort of differences in energy, quality energy. So if you were going to do a treatment on someone, would someone usually come to you and say, I'm having problems with X, Y, Z, or, I mean, I guess that sometimes happens that way. And other times, do you actually kind of do an assessment of their whole body and, and find oh, yeah. blockages? Yeah, I mean, my, my assessment is based on what they say, but it's very much based on what I feel and see as well. So um, you kind of do a whole body scan as such? Yeah. You kind of... Yeah. 
that's yeah. how you'd start a session you can actually feel if there's any kind of interference in the energy you can feel it above the body as well okay uh, through reiki or or different or through it's more that body scanning that you were yeah. tracking that so it's not really reiki it's more just getting used to feeling that sort of aura and that sort of how the energy is coming off the body and you can actually almost see it sometimes as well that's amazing because uh, a lot of people who work with energy they talk about you being able to switch into being able to see things and 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 you're kind of once you're tuned in kind of thing yeah. and you can see things and you can feel things and yeah. energy and and stuff and some people see that in color don't they and some people see it as vibrations I, I just find yeah. all that stuff really fascinating and yeah. how and how that you know is akin with nature as well I think that's so beautiful how you mm. know that can really align with trees and and that's yeah. so side of things as well so yeah everything has an energetic frequency of some sort yeah I think that's lovely okay so so I guess what has it done for you in your own life being into shiatsu so it did really heal me so I haven't had any eczema since my 20s at all that's brilliant um, and amazing and it's just really given me a sense of purpose and something to focus on uh, apart from being a mum which I love yeah. seeing but it's been great to have that and it's almost like time out for me that I don't see it mm -hmm. as a job as such because I find it so rewarding yeah, um, yeah. but it's yeah it's just it's great also because I to be a good practitioner I need to look after myself mm -hmm. so I've to prioritize my own health and look after my nutrition and look after doing things like yoga and exercise and so it's very much a case of practicing what you preach yeah 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 absolutely because also I can't give a, an effective treatment if I'm hungover, for example. No. And I've pretty much given up alcohol. Sometimes deviate from that, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay oh. to do it sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I'm always cautious of alcohol now. I mean, I was never a big drinker, but I suffer with insomnia. And one of the things they sort of say is that if you drink, you know, more than one unit or whatever, it can definitely affect your sleep. So Whereas traditionally people would be like, oh, have a drink, you'll fall asleep. But actually it's kind of a false thing because it might send you off to sleep in the first place, but you're more likely to have a disturbed night afterwards. Yeah. And so I generally limit myself to one anyway. And plus, you know, I'd rather drive my own car anyway, rather than be reliant on other people or taxis, which costs a fortune. So it, it serves me well, it's fine. And plus I like kind of, trying to challenge myself like have one drink and then you know and then dance and and actually yeah. get endorphins from that rather than yeah um, chemical ones I guess <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah really? yeah it's interesting there. okay so I guess I mean you've kind of gone into this a little bit but I'll, I'll just go ahead and ask the question because I've got it <laughs> so written down here and so how how do you use shiatsu to serve others and how does that fulfill you so so it's all about serving others this this therapy and the idea is to really see every single treatment is tailored to the individual there's no sort of set pattern as it were every treatment's different because every person is different and their energy is different and so you could come for a treatment with me tomorrow and it will be completely different from a treatment in a month's time because your energy will have shifted and there'll be other things to focus on so it's a bit different from Thai massage in that respect I think Thai massage is a prescribed set routine which you okay. learn in a couple of weeks 
whereas mm -hmm. shiatsu is super tailored. So that's really good because often the person will get what they need from it. You'll either feel really energized afterwards or really exhausted. And sometimes it, it kind of brings stuff out. So you have to mm -hmm. process that and deal with it before your body can move on. But that's a good thing. But it yeah. can be a bit hard for people and well, oh, have... on the client you're, you're saying yeah. other than on yourself as the no, this is for them to process yeah. yeah yeah so after my first acupuncture session i i was definitely worse my eczema mm -hmm. really flared up i felt absolutely exhausted i couldn't stop crying actually for a couple of mm -hmm. hours i just had to take to my bed for a couple mm -hmm. of days and it was a major major reaction but it was actually really positive because it was my body going oh thank goodness for that or something yeah. like and i knew i think that's why i was crying so much i just knew that it was going to fix me yeah and several years of looking for something that would do that and just that's amazing like oh thank god for that um my, um, my older sister suffers with eczema has done throughout her life and it's it seems with eczema well, I was going to say two things. One thing is that they always seem to join it up with being you're allergic to things and that's why you get eczema. That's what she was always told or intolerances. And and then the other thing is the dreaded hydrocortisone. Hydrocortisone, I'll say that correctly, which just thins the layers. It just burns it off, doesn't it? And Yeah, it's not good for actually them. Get it. Yeah, no. no. And also okay it suppresses the symptoms it'll take the eczema away briefly mm. but it's just suppressing them it's not getting to the root cause of what's causing that flare-up okay. so often the skin will react if the gut is not happy and yeah. often there's a really strong connection between the gut and the skin so mm. i really realized that and my daughter had really bad eczema and we got to the root of the problem by getting to the the gut and healing that and mm. and eliminating what she was food intolerant to for a few months okay so, yeah and, and then was she able to reintroduce those things to her diet or yeah. is it oh, so, okay and she hasn't had any eczema since but that was three months of avoiding them so it gives your gut a chance to heal itself and get rid of that inflammation so right yeah. so okay let's go into this a little bit deeper just for a sec so what's the difference between an intolerance and an allergic reaction do you know like yeah yeah an allergic reaction is instant and you right. <clears throat> you get a furry tongue or you feel like your throat is constricted or there's some rash that's an mm. instant allergy whereas an intolerance is really hard to detect yourself because it has a delayed reaction so it'll take a day or maybe two days before you realize that that was a bad idea and intolerances you can you can heal from and then you can reintroduce yeah yeah that's so really interesting so say like my sister generally seemed to have flare-ups eating chocolate so cut chocolate out of her diet yeah but i don't think that she generally reintroduces it she but that's interesting what you're saying about how so why did your body sort of have that extreme reaction and cause something like eczema and then how does that sorry i'm just trying to get my head around it i'm thinking out loud so it's the gut's microbiome basically which affects our skin massively affects it right. um, and if the gut is out of balance and there's inflammation going on and you're not processing your food properly because of that inflammation so mm -hmm. if the gut lining is all inflamed then you can't absorb the nutrients like you should so mm -hmm. you're not getting enough nutrients to your body which also is really key for your skin but intolerances will cause inflammation and if the gut's not happy then 
it manifests in the skin basically it's like an outward show of what's going on internally but that's so fascinating to me because i mean you know the negative view on holistic health is like you end up having to take chinese herbs all the time and and cut out any dairy or any gluten or anything from your diet and you have all these people on these quite extreme diets coming out of it but it's really interesting to me that it's not necessarily a permanent thing that you have to do that yeah Um, so it's about getting your body into balance because because our bodies naturally want to be in balance yeah and we we have incredible self-defense mechanisms and we have you know our body can heal itself and it wants to it just needs a helping hand sometimes which is where holistic health comes in definitely yeah so how, as, as a shiatsu practitioner, would you be able to home in yourself on gut health or would you go to a different specialist for that and then use the shiatsu coming out? Yeah, I mean, I'll make recommendations like that. And I know some good probiotics that people can take, but I, I would probably suggest that they get a food intolerance test if they've got okay. really bad eczema, um, okay. which you can do. There are various places that do those and then see. could you do that on the nhs or is that a private thing that you'd have to go for Sadly not it's a private thing yeah. okay. once you've done it i mean your t- intolerances can change right years uh but once you've done it you get a sense of what your body doesn't function well with for life which is okay. so it's about 160 pounds i think to get one of these tests and, and, and sorry for my naivety here but who is it that you're going to for that is a nu- nutritionist or who is it so various different nutritionists and naturopaths will have naturopaths. Look, naturopaths, yeah, okay, okay as well. Tell um, me what that is. <laughs> it's someone who has got that nutritional training, but it's a okay. different branch of nutritional training. It's less scientific and more based around herbs and nutrition. So they will have specific laboratories and places that they will recommend people try. First one that I tried when I had eczema was York Nutritional Laboratories. And we, for my daughter, worked with a company called Nature Doc, who mm. have brilliant nutritionists and naturopaths. And they recommended, I think it was Cambridge Nutritional Laboratories for the intolerance test. So there are these and, various... Is it the thing where you kind of like have to give a hair sample or a spit sample? Or... It's blood. It's blood. Okay. Okay. To find out nutritionally. Yeah. Okay. And it's like a prick test that you do from home. Um, okay. you prick your thumb with this test kit and then okay. squeeze the blood into a file it's not very much blood at all and they just test it on about 140 different foods i think it is something like that um, okay so you get this report back that tells you what the real ones are that are causing the inflammation and what the ones are kind of okay but not great and then the ones that are fine so okay. just work from and, and so it's all about what's causing inflammation in your gut that's what yeah. turning in on yeah and and lots of things can do that and that's what causes all sorts of problems yeah interesting yeah, yeah i might get that detail off you offline as well because sure. I'm in that. and i think there are ways of supporting your gut where you don't have to go down the major you know elimination routes or testing yeah routes. that's and because that's what you hear about if people go to the nhs for example then they get they're only allowed to eat like white rice or something <laughs> three weeks and it's just like oh god who's gonna do that you yeah know? i mean there are ways of doing less intense or crazy things i mean mm. I, I know various food plans and 
like body reset plans and cleanses that you can do, which help to get your bowels working properly and get the guts back into balance. And then what do you, what do you think about colonic irrigation? Is that something which is good or bad? You know, I don't have any views on that just because yeah. I haven't tried it and I don't know anything about it, but it sounds quite extreme. Yeah, but there are, there are brilliant nutritional supplements and things out there. I know one in particular that's very good, which cleanse your colon and get everything moving without, without having to blast water yeah. up. There. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds, you know, I just never liked the idea of it. But then there's a part of my brain that goes, well, that's kind of logical. If there's certain things which doesn't digest properly, like people yeah. say that about eating red meat, don't they? That it doesn't ever, it kind of sits there forever kind of thing or whatever. But I don't know if there's actually truth to that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think drinking lots of water is key. That yes, that as well. Yeah, so. I think that that really is. I'm I'm glad I weaned myself off squash and and got onto yeah. water. It it just yeah, it's so great. So okay, so then if if we want to just talk through some sort of techniques which you can do on yourself potentially, because this is the other thing, is that you can obviously go to a therapist, but everyone has a budget at the moment and everything like that and if there's things which you can do at home to act as something that you can do which is going to help your body in between times it's something which I think a lot of the audience would be interested in doing and learning more about and stuff sure I mean I can I can hone in on one specific energy meridian if you like which could be quite suitable for this time that we're generally in coming out mm -hmm. of this covid scared world and back into normal kind of way of functioning but yeah <laughs> um, still not quite back to normal but sort of but I've I've just really noticed that a lot of friends are getting quite stressed mm -hmm. by having so much on their plates mm -hmm. and so much in the diary which they're just not used to after the last few years we've had mm -hmm. and it's getting back into that mode of juggling lots of different things and yeah I mean it, because that was kind of one positive to come out of it all in theory um is I like the concept which kind of went around on social of this sort of lockdown is also a slowdown mm -hmm. and it's a reassessing what's important and stuff and so I yeah. think you know that's for example really the freelance market has absolutely exploded coming out of it because I don't think I would have ever had the bravery to kind of go for the freelance thing myself if I hadn't have been furloughed and then worked from home and then it normalized it and I was like wait a minute I can actually do this yeah. um, and I think you know it did work in a positive way for a yeah. lot of people like that which I think is really great yeah so before that multitasking juggling lots of things mm. it's that sort of ability to plan and make decisions and that sort of judgment ability and all of that is very much controlled by our gallbladder meridian energy right um, so gallbladder is linked to the liver in chinese mm -hmm. medicine it's also connected to digestion and our muscle and connected tissue health as well and there are ways of supporting the gallbladder which i can suggest if you like but we can look at the actual meridian now and sure. do a bit of self shiatsu if you like yeah let's do it but what i would suggest for helping the gallbladder is to avoid alcohol mm -hmm. doesn't help with the sort of juggling judgment decision making side of ourselves and avoid greasy food as well mm -hmm. 
those two are, are a big no-no for it. Gallbladder really loves exercise and movement and stretching out the sides of our body. So simple yoga techniques which stretch the side of our body are really, really good. If you know yoga, then there's a triangle pose. It's like the ultimate gallbladder mm -hmm. stretch. Interesting. Um, yeah, and doing you know, when you sit on the floor with your legs apart mm. and then reaching over to one, to one yeah. leg and really stretching out the side of the body and then reaching over to the other leg, that's a brilliant gallbladder stretch too. Because the gallbladder meridian, it goes around our head and behind our ears. It goes from the edge of our eyes wow. underneath our ears. So it's, it's all around our head. It's so interesting that it's on your head and yet it, your gallbladder yeah. is down here. So. Yeah, no, all these meridians go all over the body and then it works its way down the hydromastoid muscle, which is that sort of when you lean your head over to the side, it's the bit of muscle that sticks out, that okay. runs down from the ear. So it goes all along the edge of that. So if you just palpate the way down that muscle, you can see if that's tight or not. Just if you just down the edge of that, the front edge of that sternocleidomastoid muscle. It's okay. If it's a bit sore, then it means a little bit sore. I think everything's a little bit sore, Tanya, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just um, need feeling overall. There are some really key, very strong points on the gallbladder meridian, which I'll just I'll show you the main ones. So the, sure. one of the main ones is on the edge of the eye, on the orbit bone, just on the outside edge of the eye. This is mm -hmm. on the flat bit of the bone. You can feel there's a little sort of flat bit just mm -hmm. on the just outside, just above where your fingers are. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Further, yeah. Further in on the bone. Yeah. I can that is, the bone. That's the beginning of the gallbladder meridian. And that point can actually get rid of migraines straight away. It's amazing. Oh. I've actually taken them away using that point. So that's a really good one. And then the meridian just comes down in the line to underneath the ear. There's a little notch just behind the ear, just behind that mastoid process. Yeah. And that's a really key point for insomnia. So that oh, okay. And getting your thumb in there okay. and really working up into the head, into that notch. But so to do this when I actually can't sleep is a good idea or as a preventative? Yeah. Both. Yeah. Both. Okay. And then whilst you're getting that thumb in you can use these fingers to massage there's a sort of banana shaped couple of lines of the banana of banana of the gallbladder meridian that go from just above the eyebrow mm -hmm. up and out round the edge so if you use your fingers to kind of massage your way around the edge of that sort of outside edge of the head mm -hmm. down down to where your thumb is that's all gallbladder stuff will help mm. your judgment ability it'll help your decision making it'll help de-stress um, so if you are in a space where you're like oh i can't decide what to do next then this would be this would be good yeah, yeah. be good giving your health your head a massage and then you can work your way down that muscle and there's a really key point which is at the top of the shoulders and it's in the middle of the edge of the neck and the edge of the clavicle, the outside point of the shoulder. So in the middle of that, right in the middle, is gallbladder 21, which should feel and really do you generally suggest that you use alternative hand to shoulder? Yeah, yeah exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Otherwise it gets a bit tricky. And I would use your, your index finger 
just to find that point between the neck and the shoulder yeah in the middle that's sore there should be yeah. a sort of raised sore and that point can actually induce labor it's so strong wow it really introduces a downwards motion to our energy yeah it gets gets the stress out of our heads this point another really good gallbladder point is in the very middle of our buttocks <laughs> okay so just, just right in the like the soft bit in the middle of the cheek of the middle of the cheek yeah yeah okay that's the gallbladder 30 point and it often gets quite tense in that area so it's doing... kind of near the sciatic nerve that's yeah it. exactly yeah. and often sciatica comes from a blockage in this area interesting so if you have sciatica doing hip rotations is a really good idea and just bringing movement back to that area and if you're based at a desk a lot then movement is key yeah fairly key for the body all the time but we're not meant to be sedentary us humans no no it's so interesting isn't it how like actually if there was the opportunity to i mean you're supposed to move is it every 15 minutes or something like that in the ideal world i think there's i can't remember but like if you could set a timer and just do a couple of movements how much of a difference that would make to your day totally yeah so that's really interesting and then the gallbladder goes all the way down the outside line of our legs so you know in jeans when there's a, you know, there's a it's called seam down yeah. the outside edge yeah. of the jeans. It very much follows that seam all the way down the leg, pretty much the whole way down that seam, in fact. Yeah. Uh, but in the lower leg, it goes from the knee to the outside, just underneath the ankle bone, mm. and that's the fourth toe. And that fourth toe is also really good for migraines. That's oh wow the, edge, the outside edge of the toenail oh wow interesting so interesting i'm going to show I, you one more point actually jill which is yeah. bladder meridian which is brilliant for insomnia if you get insomnia sure. which is uh large intestine four and that is basically there on your hand so if you find the margin of the web between your thumb and your index finger and then metatarsals join in between those two points mm. large intestine four and that's just so brilliant for headaches and for insomnia on both hands would you do it yes yeah okay so is it the case that anything that you do on one side you then do on the other side yeah but usually that first side will be more painful I corrected it the other side will be more imbalanced you sort of mentioned at the beginning of this sort of section how like doing stretches and certain yoga poses relate to relate to these meridians is it something which you have an ambition to do at some point to potentially do yoga training and connect it all in or are you happy to just collaborate with yoga teachers as and when i just love collaborating with yoga teachers actually yeah i love yoga I don't think I want to learn how to teach it just because no. I, I know some fabulous teachers who I love to go to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's such a great practice for everyone. 
it is and I think you know I've been doing it since I was 15 and what I love about it is it just I'm sure you feel like this about shiatsu as well and about holistic health in general but just how it expands and I learn so much and you know I get so much more knowledge around ashtanga now and sorry no that's not the right word what's the word I'm looking for yoga yeah yes yeah theory behind yoga (laughs) and how it's not yeah it's not just the physical movement and I think when it sort of first came to the west it was very much seen as a physical workout exercise kind of thing and what resonates with me in terms of and there is again the thing I love about yoga is there is something for everyone but what I think is really resonates with me is the stuff which links back to spirituality links back to energy centers i find that whole thing really fascinating and how it all links in with stuff like sound therapy as well and you know breath work yeah yeah that first retreat which i did with you because i have done retreats where there has been chanting involved and equally so from the spiritual perspective i've been interested in buddhism for example in the past and stuff but i always find myself getting caught up about well what does this mean what do these words actually mean like what if i'm saying something i don't want to say or or x y z but um i think it was because of daisy's voice and hopefully i'll be able to sample it on here at some point but she's just got the most incredible choral voice which just reverberates through the room and it's so akin to the sound baths which I'd been to that it just blew my mind and made me see kundalini in a whole different way yeah it really made me just think ah it's not necessarily about the specific words you're saying it's about the vibrational sound and how like that can literally break through and heal you in itself like sound therapy can yeah Um, and that was amazing to me so yeah yeah. really interesting how it all kind of links together yeah it is amazing isn't it how humans have this capacity we're just so powerful we don't realize how powerful we are 100 Um, but we can totally heal others we can heal ourselves we can do what we want really yeah we have sufficient desire and intention and motivation and yeah knowledge we have so much resources within ourselves and equally so the older i get the more i understand that your body tells you what it needs it really does and if you can learn to listen to that then that would be completely life-changing totally i think that's the goal as i get older to to try and get more I think that's one of the the roles of shiatsu is to make you listen to your body more and to, mm. to get you into your body rather than out and out of your head because most mm. of us are in our heads all the time and in mm. our thoughts and not actually present in our bodies so it just physically it it helps you reconnect mentally and spiritually but from a physical perspective it's really clever and it's really interesting from the sound work point of view and from like physically doing something to yourself as well is it's that that can kind of get you into the moment same with breath work whereas like if you sit there and just be quiet and just meditate as you know a layman doing it it's very very hard to it's not that you don't want to switch your brain off but just getting into that visualization of your 
thoughts passing through you can be very hard to do. Yeah, I made, I made myself laugh the other day though because I actually did a YouTube yoga yoga for busy minds <laughs> and I had to pause the video <laughs> about three times during the half an hour session to add something to my to-do list <laughs> and I was just like this is ridiculous I clearly need this more but sometimes you find like when you have such a busy mind it's almost like you're peeling away the layers of the onion and as soon as I added something to my to-do list, then I suddenly realised there was something else which was sitting behind that thought, which I'd forgotten, oh, that had tucked away. And equally so, for me, anxiety, when I get a real anxious day, what I feel like is, oh my God, I've forgotten something really important. And I can't put my finger on what it is and it's making me feel quite sick that I can't remember what the thing is which I've forgotten which is really important and it's like my body's just kind of doing that thing but it's almost like a remembered pattern isn't it that you kind of get into that which it's yeah not helpful <laughs> really not helpful but I find planning my week actually has really helped me with that because I used to get that as well and so if you know what's coming up in your day, you know you haven't forgotten yeah. something and it's just such relief. It's like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's it's challenging being a virtual assistant in this space because oftentimes your clients are in that crazy manic space themselves. And yeah. so then they're like, I need you to be my peace of mind. I need you to remember the things which I can't remember because my brain's too busy. And I'm thinking, yeah, I really want to help you with that. I wish I had someone to help me with that though. <laughs> I'm just falling apart myself, but it's fine. It's fine. The swan. I I'll get there though I do think you know this is really interesting thing for me about being a virtual assistant and what brings me such joy about it is every time I learn something new for a client is then the opportunity to go oh I can then implement that into my eco-influencer brand but then actually managing to do that is I have lots of good intentions so can you I promise <laughs> I've seen everything in life <laughs> That's it. That's I'll get there when things get calmer when things get a little bit calmer yeah you have five-year-olds that's full on yeah and I think this is it as well is recognizing the seasons of life yeah and that actually I remember talking to Daisy about this as well and her saying to me because I was beating myself to be fair I still haven't updated my photo wall which is something I was talking to her about and she was like I didn't hang up a photo until my kids were in full-time school and I was like oh god that makes me feel so much better <laughs> you walk yeah. into these houses where people have these beautiful displays up and I'm just like I don't even have a photo of my children up <laughs> I just haven't got to I've got a gazillion on my phone <laughs> I literally take an average of a thousand photos a month but that in itself ends up being stressful because then you're just like how on earth do I sort through and filter all these <laughs> into some sort of logical order or whatever yeah. don't miss the moment don't miss the moment photo 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 <laughs> I think I do need a bit more Buddhism in that sense but the Buddhist philosophy on that is just to live in the moment and not take a photo of it which 
to me is a little bit too extreme. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want I to. do treasure the photos I've got of my children at that age. Mm -hmm. And they, it goes so fast, you've got to capture it. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's a negative thing to capture it. But it's so funny how it's changed from our own childhoods where we all had film cameras and you'd sort of take it along to boots with like the hope that <laughs> one of the photos from the from the holiday comes out and you'd get those horrible like passive aggressive stickers on there when <laughs> it was like overexposed. <laughs> okay, um, thank I've you. Heard of a really good app which my brother uses which where you can just send them the photos off your phone and they'll print off your pictures for you. Oh nice. Send them back to you. So yeah, you see that. those one where they print them out with the Velcro things on the back, so you just stick them straight on. Okay. But, yeah, which yeah, it does. It is good, but me being me, you see, I've I've collected all these vintage frames from charity shops, which are all really awkward sizes. Which is why, of course, they're in charity shops, <laughs> and like they don't actually fit a standard photo size at all. So actually, the ordeal of updating a photo wall. <laughs> becomes so much more immense in my house because then I'll have to print them out physically myself and then I have to buy a printer and then write ink cartridges and everything so I think I do end up making myself my own worst enemy. If you find so, a good photoshop they'll do it for you. Yeah yeah. Or, or get a decent mount which is yeah. the right size. Yeah, I do. I, I will sort it out. It is still, it is actually literally on my intention list for 2022 to finally sort out my photo walls in my house. <laughs> Come on, I can do it. It's ridiculous, isn't it? So well, off on a massive <laughs> there's a real need for people who can do that. So once you've sussed it for yourself, I'm sure people will pay you to do that for them as well. <laughs> yeah, this is it. <laughs> well, yeah, and it does make me feel better that this isn't just my pain. This is something no. a lot of mums <laughs> do think. That that and flipping washing, I just laundry is just the bane of my very existence. <laughs> oh dear. But that's it. Right. Shall we wrap this up with where people can find you? And yeah, sure. I have give you the links, so I will put them all below physically, but just do it verbally for now. And Great. Well, I work from home, which is near Ainhoe, which is <clears throat> junction 10 of the M40, just north of Bistet. And I also work in a clinic called Red Barn Retreat, which has a website, redbarnretreat.co.uk. It's a really beautiful space, which is near Buckingham. And my website is oxfordshirewellness.co.uk. So people can find more info there and see where these locations are. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. And you, you do do several retreats as well. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah so these, these are in our few sessions, as we call yeah. them, happen each month. We sometimes do two a month. There's usually always one in Brogborough, which is between Milton Keynes and Bedford. And there's becoming a more regular one in Buckingham so so yeah do come along people if you have a look on my website again you can find the link to that lovely okay great and are you on social media can people find I am you? yes I'm Oxfordshire Wellness on Instagram and on Facebook I've got an Oxfordshire Wellness Shiatsu Practitioner page I'm, I'm also there as Tanya Noble and lovely. then I'm on LinkedIn and yeah that's it I'm going to be on Pinterest 
watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different thing. I just love Pinterest. I got obsessed and I've got about like something ridiculous, like 20,000 pins because <laughs> I like pretty things, but actually using it in a strategic and business way is a whole other thing. <laughs> it is, yeah, I've discovered, yeah. Yeah. I love it too for yeah. pinning things that I, yeah, for visual stuff. Yeah. It's lovely, isn't it? It's really great. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. So and much. I'm looking forward to coming to that retreat. So, and I highly recommend it to anyone who is in the area. It's brilliant. Exactly what you need kind of retreat, especially for busy parents, that sort of thing. So it just, yeah. you really do come back to yourself in that space. So it's lovely. Yeah, it's at 10.30 in the morning and it's two and a half hours. So it's doable and there's delicious food and drink afterwards as well. It's not just the yoga and the guided shiatsu massage and the meditation, but there's, there's a sort of chance to connect with others at the end. Which is lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. It's really, really lovely. Well, thank you so much for your time. And um, until next time, this has been the Janjar Jill podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest and you're a holistic therapist or something like that, then please do drop us a line if you want to come on. And equally, I will do a blog post all about this as well. And you'll see all Tanya's links. Take care, everyone, and see you soon. Mm -hmm.